0: Well, hey everyone, Athena Dean Holtz here and welcome to the All Things Podcast, where we gather once a week to learn and share stories about how God works all things together, writing a story of good, because He is faithful and good. Think about it. 2020 has turned many of our lives upside down, so who couldn't use a major dose of hope? I'd like to ask you to share this podcast with friends or on your social media outlets and perhaps review it on Apple so others will find this podcast easily. Every Wednesday, I'll be chatting with a friend who I know and respect, one of our Redemption Press authors, who will not only share a personal Romans 828 story, but also help to give you tips and tools for your life journey two episodes a month, we'll have an additional interview with a well-known author, and sprinkled in along the way will be additional Romans eight twenty eight 28 stories from our She Writes for Him Boot Camp graduates and others The Lord Brings My Way. So let's get started. Welcome to the All Things podcast. Today, I am excited to introduce you to new Redemption Press author, Jill Willis. She has an incredible message for young people, and I cannot wait for you to hear about her new book. So first things first, let me give her a proper introduction. Jill K. Willis is the author of The Demons Among Us, a young adult Christian speculative novel. It's about two siblings who must overcome their inner demons to fight the very real ones that are holding their friends hostage. Jill grew up in Atlanta and after graduating from the University of Georgia worked for a newspaper, a magazine publisher, and a large telecommunications company. When she became pregnant with their second child, she decided to start a public relations firm which she ran from her basement until that child graduated high school. Then she turned to fiction. She's a founding member of the Storyteller Squad, a blog for teens who love to read and write. In 2020, she won two writing awards for The Demons Among Us, the American Christian Fiction Writers Genesis Contest, YA, which stands for Young Adult, category, and the ACFW South Carolina Chapters First Page Novel Contest. As a mom of two grown children and three godchildren, and as a senior high Sunday school teacher, she knows the struggles teens encounter. She wants to point them to the love of God and the truth of his word. She volunteers at the Atlanta Airport's USO, plays handbells at her church, and as a former junior league president, continues to assist her local chapter with special projects. Jill lives on a lake north of Atlanta with her husband and a one-eyed cat. She's currently working on the sequel to The Demons Among Us, and her children proof her chapters when they have nothing better to do, huh? All right, now I wanna just share some little known facts just because I always think it's fun to know. Just things about people that you wouldn't normally hear about. First of all, she came to Christ at age 12 after watching a Passion of the Christ reel-to-reel video during a Sunday night service. She co-founded the Storyteller Squad, which is a group of 12 young adult authors who critique each other and blog about writing. The squad also recommends clean middle grade and young adult books. They have a website, storytellersquad.com, and a presence on Facebook and Instagram. Jill is a former master scuba diver, co-led a Girl Scout troop for five years, was former Junior League president, and was Bell South's liaison with the 1996 committee for the Olympic games. She not only was the liaison, but coordinated branding and managed Bell South's 2,500 volunteers for the Olympic and Paralympic Games. And last but not least, when she played tennis, she was beaten by a pregnant woman, a grandmother with nine grandchildren, and a woman with an oxygen tank on her back. That is hilarious. Okay, let's roll that tape. Well, Jill Willis, it is a delight to have you on the All Things Podcast. Thank you so much for being with us today. I'm excited to have our listeners hear about your new book.
1: Well, thank you. I really appreciate you inviting me on. I know we had a couple stops and starts, but we made it. (laughs) Yes,
0: we did. Praise the Lord. Uh So before we jump into your new novel, The Demons Among Us, which I am super excited to have you share about. Um, I would love for our listeners to just get to know you a little bit better. And here, we all have lots of Romans eight twenty eight stories in our lives where God works all things together for good, even when we can't see how he could possibly do that. So I would love for you to share one of those with our listeners today so that they can get a little sneak peek into your life of how God has done that very thing.
1: Well, thanks. I appreciate the opportunity. That is a good way to start. It really is. My, I have several, but I, the one I'd like to share today is really about my son and how his experience brought me to a closer walk with God. When he was 14 months old, he was diagnosed with autoimmune neutropenia, which is a condition where his red blood cells fight his white blood cells. And there was a time where he was left with zero white blood cells. And we treated him kind of like the boy in the bubble. Uh, He stayed home. And we had to wash up every time we touched him. It, it was just really a very trying time. And I tried so hard to make life normal for him as well as for his older sister and for my husband. And it, it was just very tough. I've been raised in the church. My, my family has always gone to church. I've always believed. I've always had a prayer life. But one day I took that prayer life to a whole new level because I just needed it so bad. It was right after Christmas where my son had zero white blood cells, so we had no interaction with anyone outside of the family that Christmas. It it was really tough. And then that particular day, we had another doctor's appointment and he was gonna have to have blood drawn and he hated it. And I just thought, I just cannot do this anymore, Lord. I just can't. So I got face down on the rug in my bedroom. And I've never done this where I've laid flat. I have, I've prayed on my knees. I've, I've prayed in every kind of position on probably every piece of furniture in the house, but never flat on the floor face down. And I did that. And I just poured out my heart to God. And I cried and I begged. And um, all of a sudden, I just felt peace just wash over me. Oh. And I knew it was going to be all right. I didn't know what was going to happen, but I knew things were going to be all right. And I've always just taken my son to the doctor by myself. But for whatever reason, I just felt like I needed somebody with me. I called my mother-in-law who lived around the corner and I said, Kelly, can you come to the doctor with me today? She said, sure, come pick me up. So I did. And we went to the doctor. My son had his blood drawn. He acted pretty well behaved that particular day. And then Kelly and I sat and we waited and waited. And it was probably about 20 minutes and the doctor walked in and he looked at me and he said, Marvin's white blood cell count is exactly where it should be. And it had gone from zero to normal. And that is unheard of. Usually with this condition, it gradually creeps up until it's normal again. And it was normal. And Kelly and I were able... To be there together to witness the good news. And I tell you, after that, I have not been afraid to pray flat on my face. Mm. I,
0: I love how God will take, you know, the most precious thing in our life and and cause pain or allow pain in order to get us to just seek Him more and mm-hmm. in a way that we've never done it before. And and that I mean had to just be a dramatic defining moment in your prayer life and your faith.
1: Oh, it absolutely was. I mean, I had tried everything with him. I went to a bunch of different doctors. I went to an alternative doctor. We tried creams, we tried medical shots, we tried everything. And it was the prayer that worked. And then you That's tried true. God face down. I yeah. love that. Mm-hmm.
0: All right. Well, thank you for sharing that. That is so encouraging. All right. What inspired you to write teen fiction and this story, The Demons Among Us in particular?
1: Well, I've got a background in corporate writing and that's pretty much what I've done for my entire life. I started out in newspapers and I went to magazine publishing as an assistant editor and then i ended up doing employee communications for a telecommunications company and fiction was just never on my radar i've always dealt with facts and one summer i had gone out trying to find some books to take to the beach for myself and for the kids and i easily found them for myself but i couldn't find anything clean that i felt comfortable giving to my teens to you know, take to the beach. I didn't want to give them classics or anything heavy. And everything at that time that dealt with witches and vampires, there were lots of romances. I was, you know, for teens, I can see that for older women, but, you know, not, not teens. And that's all there was. I came home empty handed for them. And I was talking about it to a friend of mine. And she said, well, you're a writer. Why don't you write one? And i I don't know about that. So she badgered me a little bit. And so I decided to kind of put together a little outline and see what happened. And it took me a while to get that to where I felt comfortable. And and then uh, another couple years to actually get a first draft together. But the more I got into it, the more I realized what a need there was for good, clean fiction for young adults. And I, I felt very confident. I, I would sit down at my desk every day. I would pray to God, please flow through me and just help me to glorify you through these words. And I, I could feel his presence. I could feel him helping me. And I, I, I hope what I have done helps at least one thing. Mm, I think it's going to be a lot more than that. So what
0: are you hoping will be the main takeaways for your teen readers?
1: Well, in the book, I have kind of camped out on two Bible verses. The first one appears, the page before chapter one, it's 1 Peter 5.8. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour and I really hope readers take this to heart. It, it's so true. Satan's 24-7 in his quest for our souls, and we really have to take a stand against him. And then toward the end of the book, I bring in another verse, and it's, well, two words, choose joy. And it's a summary of Habakkuk 3, 17 through 18, which kind of explains how the prophet commits to trusting and praising God despite his circumstances. And the teens in my novel have really been challenged. They have inner demons as well as the very real ones who are invading their high school. And I just hope that readers will take these verses to heart and really believe them and and act on them. Amen. So
0: you deal compassionately with some difficult topics like drug abuse and alopecia Do you have any personal experience with some of these issues that your characters faced?
1: Well, um, both my kids went to public school, and I've got three godchildren also, and I teach Sunday school for senior highs. And I'm not going to name names or anything, but the majority of kids today have done some sort of experimentation with drugs Mm -hmm. and alcohol. And it's just a topic that I think we as Christians need to talk about. I I think we need to quit trying to hide these kind of issues and say, oh, Christians don't do that kind of thing. And if it happens, then everybody is all hush hush about it. And I, I just think that's wrong. I think we need to put it out there and talk about it and do everything that we can to help teens make the right decision when my kids were in high school, one of their friends ended up going to jail and another one of their friends ended up dying of an overdose. And I mean, that's long lasting repercussions. And and I think that we as Christian adults should help the teens um, with whatever they can do. The alopecia portion of it, I had written in because the main character, Joy, is just a control freak. She's she she got to have everything just so. And she's on goal to become valedictorian at her high school. So I wanted to give her something that she had no control over. And that's the alopecia, mm-hmm. which is hair loss for anyone who does not know that.
0: Wow. And, yeah. I, that's great for, I mean, and that, that sounds like something God would do to try and help us learn that we are not in control, and he is. We're not God, he is. That's right. I love that. So deception is a major theme in this story. Do you think teens are especially susceptible to deception, and in what areas?
1: Athena, I really do. I think Satan looks on teens like low-hanging fruit. I think a lot of teens are are brilliant. Some of them are, you know, smarter than most adults, but they just haven't had the experience to to combat deception on the level of Satan and his demons. And I, I um, feel very strongly that we must do the best thing that we can to help them. Other forms of deception, I think, come in the form of peer pressure. Sometimes I think even parents can deceive their own children if they don't want them exposed to a certain something. And, and it's sometimes I think teens don't know how to, to determine, you know, if an adult who is supposed to be giving them the truth all the time, if they're just kind of garnishing it a little bit. I just can't imagine being a teen in today's world, you know, the information age. There's just so much information. And I think it's too much for young adults to process. Uh, They're trying to navigate complicated lives and they're having to make adult decisions. And they just don't have the experience to do that. I feel for them. Yeah. So in your book, the main characters have to sort truth
0: from lies and figure out who they can trust. In a time when teens are hearing so many voices, how can they discern to whom they should be listening and trusting?
1: Well, the main characters are faced with a hard decision about eternal life. I don't want to give too much of the book away, but I will say that they do have both of them have to make a decision at one point in the book about who to follow God or Satan. And they both, to their credit, do the research. Uh, That includes talks with their peers, with their parents, with their youth pastor. I personally, I like to go to my Bible. I feel like uh, if there's an issue that it can be found in the Bible. And there's just such a variety of stories in the Bible. um, The answers are there if we just look for them. And if I don't know where to find an answer, I'll ask somebody who I know is well-versed in biblical teaching. And I can tell you, I have done this quite a bit in the past. And I hope teens aren't ever afraid to ask questions. I can pretty much guarantee that their peers are not going to give them the same answers as someone who's had decades of experience. And I think, Hope that they really think long and hard who they're trying to get answers from before they ask those hard questions. Mm,
0: that's good. So, another theme in your story, and you mentioned this, is learning to choose joy. Mm-hmm. Can you elaborate on this?
1: Well, the actual verse is Habakkuk 3 17 and 18. And it says, though the fig tree does not blossom and no fruit is on the vines, though the produce of the olive fails and the field yields no food, though the flocks cut out from the fold and there's no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I'll exult in the God of my salvation. And it just basically says all these horrible things can happen to you. You know, your your dog can run away, have so much going on, you can't leave, um, you just choose to be joyful, knowing that God is in control and he'll eventually bring you out of the dark into a better place. And I can testify for that. He's He's done it for me. Amen.
0: So the main characters suffer through some traumatic experiences and at times feel defeated. The battle we face against evil can
1: feel insurmountable. So what can we do to remain hopeful? Well, I've already talked about choosing joy. And I, I think it's a choice. I really do. I know a lot of people, they they get in funks when things don't go their way. But I have found in my life that that doesn't help. It just doesn't. So I, as much as I can, try to choose joy. And I think we need to arm ourselves against the enemy and let us, him put us into that position. I think we can do this by by praying, by reading the Bible, by hanging around like-minded people. And, um, you know, in regard to teens, if uh, you have teens in your life, I, I think the best thing to do is make sure they're in church around people who who are believers. I think we should read the Bible at home, providing them with teen-appropriate devotions. I'm sure Redemption Press has something like that. Yeah, Encourage them to choose friends who will keep them from temptation. And what we did in in our house at the time, we're in a different house now, but we tried to make our home a destination for teens. We wanted our teens to bring their friends over, and we wanted to make it a safe place. We kind of keep an eye on them, but, you know, not hover too much. And I, I highly recommend that.
0: Mm. That's a good word. So one of your characters chooses to follow Satan out of concern for his parents. Do you think Satan can use our good intentions for evil?
1: Yep, absolutely. He is so good at at deception. And I think he's going to use every trick in his arsenal to twist our good intentions into evil. And I think the key... To making not making unwise decisions is to not make snap decisions i think we need to do our research kind of like the main characters in the book did talk to those who are wiser than us and compare what's dangled before us with what's in the bible and weigh the repercussions hmm. good so
0: for those who are interested in the reality of the spiritual realm Do you have any resources that would be helpful in learning more about angels and demons?
1: Well, I have some on my website. If folks want to go to JillKWillis.com and click on the demons among us, I have offered a PDF of scriptures on one side is one about angels. The other side is about demons. And there's also a PDF with a list of scriptures for parents to pray over their teens. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of by category. And then I have also a list of scriptures for teens to pray when they're having a rough time. So that's also categorized by like, if you're feeling depressed or you're feeling sad or you, you feel like your best friends deceiving you, there are scriptures for that and you can just download them and and stick them on your nightstand. And when you feel the need to pray, pray, use those to pray. Mm.
0: Great resources. I love that you're, you know, adding to, you know, you've got the story that illustrates all these realities and then giving them those resources to pray, to ponder, For the parents to pray. I love that. So how can readers connect with you to learn more and get a copy of your book?
1: Okay. Um, My book is on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and of course, Redemption Press. And I also offer autographed copies on my website. If people want that, they can go to that and pay through Venmo or PayPal. And my email address is jill at jillkwillis.com. And people are more than welcome to email me and I'm also happy to pray over you too if you have a prayer request.
0: Amen. And which social media platforms are you on most if, if someone wants to connect with you there?
1: I have a writer page on Facebook, uh JillKWillis.writer and I'm on Instagram at Jill K Willis and I'm also on Goodreads at Jill K Willis.
0: <laughs> Perfect.
1: Perfect. So as
0: we wrap this up. I would love for you to share maybe a tip or a tool that has helped you remember that God really is good. He really is always faithful and always working all things together for good, even when we can't see it. Share with us whatever has been helpful to you that might be helpful to others.
1: Thank you for asking that. I. I have been blessed with a Christian family and it goes back several generations. Mm. My, My grandmother lived to 98 years old and she was a very strong, devout Christian. And whenever I start feeling down or feel challenged by the enemy, I'll think of her. And I just remember how she always kept to the straight and narrow with the goal at the end. And how always kind and forgiving she always was. So Mm. I I think if we think of our ancestors, I think that will help us to move forward. Mm. So just pondering
0: that healthy role model that was emotionally and spiritually healthy and just a great example. Mm -hmm. Cause you watch God's faithfulness and, you know, his goodness in their lives of working even the hard things together for good. And that gives us hope that even maybe when we can't see it's, you know, how it'll turn out, it helps Mm -hmm. us to stay focused on the good. So good. Yeah. It's amazing for me to, you know, have conversations with those who have been blessed with that kind of heritage. I mean, I had none, so, you know, to not have those people to look up to in my family. I mean, fortunately, I had some people who discipled me after I became a believer and mm-hmm. were like spiritual parents, but mm-hmm. what a gift you've had with that uh, legacy that you are continuing on with your family. So
1: I don't take it for granted. I don't.
0: Yeah. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. It has just been delightful to hear more about the story and, and just how that came into being and, and how you saw a need it. You couldn't find what you needed. So you, you saw that need and you said, okay, Lord, I'll meet it. And I just love how the impact of that will, you'll, you know, you'll never know till glory, but so <laughs> grateful that you made that choice to just say, yeah, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to be the solution instead of just griping about the problem, yeah. decided to be the solution. And I yeah. love that.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, Athena. I, I really appreciate you having me on.
0: Oh, you bet. God bless your ministry.
1: And God bless yours.
0: Well, thanks for joining us today for the All Things Podcast brought to you by Redemption Press and the Romans 828 Bookstore. So, hey, I'd like to ask you a favor. If you would, consider sharing this episode with your friends on social media. And if you haven't yet left a review of the podcast on Apple, I would love it if you would take a minute to do that, as it would help other people find the show. And also let them know that it's a show worth listening to. So thanks so much for joining us today and I will see you next week. Bye for now.